from the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center studio. It's the Bill King Show. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Go get it, dog. I'm a man. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. I is sitting on a firecracker. And suits so fine, they made Sinatra look like a hobo. It's a fantastic day for the United States of America. It's the Bill King Show. Call or text now. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Call us or send us a text on the WNSR text line. 615-844-5600. 615-844-5600. Call or text. Same number. Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Brought to you by Omni Nashville Hotel. Fifth Avenue downtown. Hot Rock. That's what we call a sack lunch. I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. We talk LSU, we talk college football. When it's spring, we talk a little college baseball. Blake, what does Brian Kelly do? What is he doing to clean up what needs cleaned up? <laughs> well, he hadn't done anything yet. <laughs> um, so, I, I guess we'll see. Look, I, I'll give him this. You know, like, I, I like that he's not rushing to, you know, or panicking to make a move here. You know, uh, I mean, like, look, USC has not filled their D.C. role. I know that Arkansas did fill their uh, O.C. role. Obviously, that was some serious news yesterday. But, uh, you know, I, I think with Matt House, the D.C., we'll, we'll see uh, how that transpires. I, I just don't know, Bill, if he, you know, is going to allow him to return next year. Um, maybe at the, at the end of the NFL football season, he moves back to the NFL and you go and get somebody. But, um you know, look, I, I really do think that they're going to make a lot of staff changes. You know, I know that Florida just fired their DBs coach, Corey Raymond, who was obviously at LSU for a long time. Uh, Bill, I, I'll be honest with you, it's been a, a lot of topic of conversation here, um, which, I, I, I look, I know that he recruited at a high level at LSU, but I do have questions. I, I mean, Bill, if anybody in the country had a resume where their unit was ranked over the last four years at 90, I don't care what you've done. Look, you have been ranked 90th per average in passing yards allowed since NIL came into the fold. So which means when, hey, when recruiting got actually really real and NIL was public, you've gotten a little bit worse in recruiting and development. So uh, those are a couple of things, Bill, that I think that Brian Kelly has been working through, um, especially with the Coy Raymond piece. But right now there's no moves to be uh, – to be talked about. Blake Rafino is with us. Sam Dog in Middle Georgia says, guys, remember I was asking about who would be the bubble player of each team, and obviously it would be Jaden Daniels for LSU if you asked that question this past summer. But he said, who would be the ankle monitor player, meaning the player they would want to keep in-house and not let go in the transfer portal? And that would be next Harold. year's group. 
Yeah, Harold Perkins. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, look, just I mean, Bill, he had an off season and had seventy tackles and seven sacks. <laughs> I mean, you missed utilizing Bill, and he still had a good year, right? And so I, I think that. Uh, if you're going to use that analogy on who you want to keep, it would obviously be him. Because, look, outside of him, but I don't know if you have any dogs on that defense, pun intended, from Sam Dog. I, I don't know if you have any, you know, anybody who, that's got that Rocky Three Eye the Tiger. Uh, I mean, Bill, we do a. I mean, I tell you this all the time. We do more film breakdown than I think anybody. And I'm telling you, they don't have dudes. Well, let me back up. Do they have dudes? Yes. Do they have? Dogs that will get after you for four quarters, no. If there is one, it's Harold Perkins for LSU. I've asked you this 50 times, but all these quarterbacks and more are going to be in the portal, but some good-looking dudes in there right now. Is LSU going to be yep. flirting? Uh, they're already flirting, yes. I think they're doing their due diligence. I think Alabama's going to have a young quarterback that hits the portal within the next week or so, Bill, after the, after the uh, FC championship game. That can make some sense. I know for a fact that LSU does not have um, their mindset or made up on who it would be, when it would be, what they would look like. Uh, but, but honestly, Bill, here, here's a good thing for LSU. Some of the um, – how do I want to say this? Uh, I, I'm not saying Mike Denbrock, the OC, is not going to get hired anywhere. I think Indiana has – you know, made a little bit of a push here lately after they fired Coach Allen. Uh, but his style of offense has been predicated off of somebody that can be a dual threat, which Garrett Nussmeyer is not. Now, he can move a little bit. So I would not be surprised, Bill, if they go in, if and when they go into the portal, if it's a little bit somebody, a little bit more mobile. Look, if Garrett Nussmeyer went down next year, Bill, you're in a, LSU's in a world of trouble, okay, with these young freshmen. They're not ready. And, I and Bill, look, here's just the truth about college football that people, you know, when we, when we see a highly ranked quarterback. Bill, I'm old enough to remember when Jane Daniels had 85 passing yards against Auburn the following year he's a Heisman Trophy quarterback. I'm old enough to remember when Joe Burrow had 91 yards against Miami and Bill threw for 45% and the next year he was a Heisman Trophy candidate. So, or winner, excuse me, not even candidate. So I look at it all and just say to myself, like, we got to get let quarterbacks mature sometimes, and these young guys on LSU's roster has to mature. But, Bill, the big thing is, is in January, I think it's January 6th, <clears throat> excuse me, Bryce Underwood, um, the number one quarterback in 2025, the number one player in the country, will be committing. It looks like it's coming down to LSU and Michigan. Multiple people, myself included, have made their pick for LSU, nationally, locally, uh, on Bryce Underwood. I don't know how they're going to maneuver that quarterback room, uh, but I do expect them to get somewhat of a mobile dual-threat guy uh, out of the portal. I would be utterly shocked, Bill, if they, don't go, if they do not go get somebody. He's not in the portal yet, but there's a lot of talk about Cam Ward at Washington State, who's a Texas kid. Bill, he played at uh, Incarnate Word, who is in the same conference as Southeastern. Yeah. I was pounding on the Cam Ward train um, well before he went to Wazoo. Um, you know, I, Bill, I, I, I do not know if he's getting offered multiple contracts or multiple NIL deals over seven figures to go somewhere. 
Uh, but I will tell you, Ryan Day needs to get on the phone. That kid fits Ohio State, Bill. I'm telling yeah. you. Seen him up close in person. Talked to him up close in person. When they came to him in America, I think, and I even tweeted this out, Bill, when when he was at Incarnate Word. I mean, like, look, the kid can play. The kid can play, play. Um, so if you're looking for – but I think he goes to a high-profile school, uh, probably not in the SEC. Now, he, let me back up. <laughs> maybe, 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 Bill, maybe Saban does a little something. I'm never going to count him out. <laughs> you're right. Ohio State's got to get in the portal. And got not, to. Not, not to sit here and, and bash Kyle McCord. He's been solid, but they need to be better than that. And, and Cam Ward is much better than that. Well, Bill, in these type of games, okay, yeah. we see it with guys like Jane Daniels. But we see it with Jalen Milrow. You got to be able to move. Like, long are the days where you can. Bill, McCord has negative, I think, negative close to 200 or maybe around 100 uh, rushing yards on a year because of sack yardage. Right? Like, I mean, he can't, you can't, you have to be mobile. Bill, the, what was the closest game Georgia almost lost? Like, you on, honestly thought in the last few years they were going to lose. It was Ohio State. Well, why? Okay, well, you see C.J. Stroud killing it in the, uh, in the NFL, but that's not the reason. Bill, look at the way that he ran the football. Yeah. Brady Cook at Missouri kept that game close against Georgia. Why, Bill? Because he can move the pocket. There is no answer, okay? And it's been Kirby's kryptonite. It's been Nick's kryptonite. Hendon Hooker did what he did a year ago by getting out of the pocket and running. That's what keeps games close. But what do I care if a kid's going to gain 10 yards in the air or with his legs? What do I care if I'm an OC? You've got to be able to move. And I'm telling you, Cam Ward, for me, fits what Ohio State would do. He feels like them. They need to get involved with that kid when he hits the portal. What gives in the Georgia-Alabama game? Bill, I, I've heard a lot of – I say a lot, but some national media saying that, you know, Alabama's going to, you know, lose 14, 17 points. Good luck with that. Uh, you know, can they do it, Bill? Sure. You know, but I, I'm not I'm not one of those. Look, I, I, I've seen a couple of quarterbacks that can run against Georgia. I've seen Peyton Thorne. I, I, I've seen Brady Cook. I've seen guys that can move a little bit. The question is, Bill, can they contain him? And if he does get some confidence and hit some of those passes deep, we'll see how that goes. But, Bill, I'm picking Georgia again until they lose. I think I'm 62 and, like, 31 on the year on picks. I rode Georgia all the way. I'm not going against them until they lose. I think they have too much depth along both lines of scrimmage that they can rotate more than Alabama. I think Alabama's a little beat up in some areas. I just think that ultimately it's going to be close early, but Bill, once we get to the fourth quarter, I think Kirby Smart and his Georgia Bulldogs take it over, mainly due to the fact. Now, Bill, I will say this too: I, if I'm a Georgia Bulldog fan, I am not worried about Carson Beck. This is the best defense that he's seen. Well, and I've heard from Georgia fans all week, Bill. Oh, well, he sees a good defense in practice. Well, he doesn't get hit in practice. He doesn't get lit up by Dallas Turner. So I will just say it's gonna he, Bill, name a bad game Carson Beck's had this year. You won't find one. So what does he look like when he hits a lot of adversity early? And can can Alabama utilize that 
and get some early points. That would be the only way, and obviously turnovers. But I'm, I'm rolling with the dogs here. Tell everybody how they can get your content. Tonight, 6 o'clock, 6 o'clock Central, Rafino and Joe Show continuing to go around college football. 7 o'clock, we talk to Melissa on AYS. See you next week, sir. Thanks, Bill. Go Tigers. Johnny Crawford, any questions you have for longtime SEC official, football official, Johnny Crawford, coming up next. Morning in Rutherford County, we're looking at two cars up against the wall, interrupting that traffic flow coming in from uh, Murfreesboro. It happened on 24 Westbound, right here at Walden Road. Again, they're up against the wall. It is really crowded now over in Hermitage on I-40 going Westbound. All that traffic behind it coming in from Wilson County on 40 again going Westbound through Hermitage is real slow. Traffic's picked up even more down 65 Southbound, uh, trying to get through Millersville. That's been crawling through that section of Sumner County for a while. Don't miss it this holiday season in Garden of Lights at Rock City in Chattanooga. Check them out today at crockcity.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Golfers, swing into Edwin Watts Golf Shops for the hottest new fall arrivals from TaylorMade, Callaway, and Titleist. Come by and test drive the new TaylorMade P790 irons, the new Callaway Apex Pro iron sets, and the new Titleist T-Series irons. While you're there, get a free custom fitting on the new arrivals and more. Edwin Watts Golf Shops is your headquarters for all the latest golf gear from all the top manufacturers. Edwin Watts Golf Shops, home of the 90-day satisfaction guarantee. Shop us in-store or online at edwinwattsgolf.com. Located at 5410 Murfreesboro Road in the heart of Laverne, City Slickers is one-stop shopping for all your liquor, beer, and wine needs and has been a multiple winner annually in the Best of Rutherford County voting for Best Liquor Store and Top Wine Shop. Featuring the lowest prices, the best customer service with unsurpassed knowledge, City Slickers offers the largest craft beer selection in Rutherford and southeastern Davidson counties and has beer on tap at its Growler Filling Station. City Slickers also sells mixers, sodas, snacks, tobacco products, and the Tennessee Lottery, and can place special orders and assist with all your events and even wedding planning. Make sure you follow City Slickers on all their social media or just give them a call at 615-280-7469. That's 615-280-7469. Located in the heart of Laverne, City Slickers. Brad Fowler, Century 21 Right Realty, is asking listeners to please donate a toy to Toys for Tots this holiday season. You can make a difference in the life of a child. Brad Fowler, Century 21 Right Realty is our area's presence. So if you're buying, selling, moving, or improving, give the pros a call today at 615-519-3339. 615-519-3339. That's Brad Fowler, Century 21 Right Realty. He's a professional who cares. 
It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. This yeah. just it. The Titans are trading Kevin Byard to the Eagles. The yeah, Eagles are going to send the Titans a fifth and sixth round pick and safety Terrell Edmonds. Well, they're giving up on that contract. There were also a lot of Titans fans upset about some of the comments he made, which I thought was insane. Big kaboom here on this Monday. <laughs> the McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR. He knows all there is to know about Johnny Five Star, and now you can too. It's Bill King. Crawford, veteran, Jack Cage, officiating inside the SEC football official line judge. Johnny, I think we brought this up before, and there's some clips we sent you to we'll ask you about, but a lot of complaining about just the deteriorating officiating situation this year in college football, and I think I probably hear that every year. I don't think this year is – anything abnormal, but since you at least on the field are disconnected, do you see the same thing? I mean, excuse me, I I see what everybody's talking about. I watched, uh, obviously, all of the Iron Bowl. Uh, I was actually on the phone a lot during that game with one of my other officiating friends. Uh, I don't think that crew had a very good game at all. I mean, I can name three or four things right now, Uh, and, you know, you sent me a couple of clips. uh, they, I, I, you know, they're just like we're, we're just like teams sometimes. Uh, you know, sometimes you have your good games and sometimes you're off a little bit. I thought they were definitely off, and I didn't agree with a lot of the calls they had during that game. The clip I sent you in the Florida State-Florida game, the hit on the quarterback, which was not called targeting, but what did they call that, unnecessary roughness, perhaps? Yeah, you can have different categories. You can have if the defensive player is taking more than two steps after he passes the ball, which the quarterback did not throw the ball in that case. You know, uh, hitting hitting the quarterback in the head. Uh, I definitely saw the clip. Uh, I did not see that play live, so I don't know exactly what they called or if they even called it on that. It could have been a foul somewhere else. I, I don't know. But just judging by that clip, I did not see anything that warranted uh, a foul on that defender for roughing the quarterback. You know, he didn't throw the ball, so he's still a runner. He didn't get hit in the head or anything. Yeah, if they call roughing the uh, passer on that play, I didn't see what they uh, what they what they called exactly. After that, Mike Norvell was really mad and. I guess walking off at halftime, he was getting on to a couple of them pretty hard. What do you do in a situation like that to de-escalate? Well, the best thing you do as an official, if if you kind of think in your mind you might have missed something, you just need to stand there and take it. 
you know, you're not going to let him cuss you out or anything, but you just need to let him stand there and, and let him voice his opinion. If, if you think you might have missed something, just listen to him, hear him out, then say, okay, coach, let's move on. You know, it's halftime. Let's move on. Let's both come out and have a good second half. The play that I sent you just about an hour ago in the Georgia-Missouri game a couple of weeks ago, Brady Cook running down the sideline, and I don't know if that was a fake slide or not. That's a relatively new rule. Last couple of years, right, about faking a slide. It's an injury concern because you can get your head taken off by doing that. But but what did you see on that Brady Cook run? I interpreted that really as not as a fake slide, but he was so close to the sideline. I interpreted that as he was – acting like he was going to go out of bounds and then continued running for another three or four yards. Yeah, I think I was watching that live when it happened. The fake slide didn't even really enter into my mind. Uh, You know, he was just acting like he was going to slow up and maybe go out of bounds, and then he kept running. That's the way I interpreted that play. These championship games that are about to happen on Saturday, Johnny, I know you were part of some of them, right? What's what's that like? Is there a different – mindset or is that just another game as a as a ref no it's it's definitely a different game especially the sec championship obviously for the last several years uh the winner of that sec championship's going definitely move on to the final four one of the semifinals and as we've seen here recently they go on to win the national championship so yeah the atmosphere is different the crowd's different it's a different atmosphere, but you got to treat it just like any other game as far as an official. You just have to go out there, stay calm, stay relaxed, focus, and just do what you're out there to do. Brent in Macon, Georgia, says, Johnny, the refs in the Georgia-Georgia Tech game seemed nitpicky. That crew reportedly throws a lot of flags per game. It felt like the refs dictated momentum in the game, which hurt the game, in his opinion. If a crew has a high call rate, meaning they call a bunch of flags, their their group is known for that, wants to know how do the league offices view those situations? I don't think, or I've never heard of any situation where the league office kind of views that or interprets that in any way or uses it any way against them. Uh, I know each school has their own charting on the different crews, uh, regardless of what conference it is, SEC, ACC, or whatever it might be. Uh, You know, I've seen that at the University of Georgia when I've gone up there for scrimmages. You know, they've shown us information. They know how many fouls each official calls each week, how many have they thrown, whether they throw a lot on holding, pass interference. I've never really understood what they think that, how they think that helps them. I I don't know how that helps them because as an official, you're going out there, you're calling the game, you're calling a foul based on what you see at that time not what has uh, happened in uh, games prior to that. So I don't really know how that helps them. Uh, maybe they have their own way. But, but yeah, I, the league office doesn't get into involved in anything like that. I know a few weeks ago I brought this up, but I want to hit you up again. With the new rule regarding the clock does not stop after a timeout unless you're at the last two minutes of a half, I, I, I've adjusted to that, and I'm, I like it. I'm, I'm good with it. But it does seem to me, Johnny, that plays that 
I at least thought would be called out of bounds, meaning a player goes out of bounds. Now that official runs right up there and, and winds that clock. I mean, it, it's like it never stops. To me, that's different. You're, you were telling me earlier you didn't think it was, but I, I swear I think they used to call those plays out of bounds a lot more strict than they do now. They're trying to wind that clock. Yeah, I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about. Because here again, I was talking to an official on the phone when that happened. Uh, it happened in the Iron Bowl this past weekend. Uh, a receiver made a comeback route. He came back, caught the ball. He himself took himself out of bounds, and that official kept the clock running. Now, I don't know what they've been told in their meetings in the, by the SEC uh, supervisor of officials, but normally <clears throat> when you take yourself out of bounds like that, that clock stops. Now, if your momentum is stopped inside, inbounds by a defender, you know, you'll keep the clock running. But, no, I agree with you, and I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't know why they're doing that, and I don't know if just some officials are taking it upon themselves to do it or if they've been told that that's a philosophy this year. But, yeah, uh, if you're trying to get out of bounds, especially under the two minutes of each half, if you're trying to get out of bounds, you need to award them out of bounds. Otherwise, you call it just like if it's momentum is stopped inbounds, then you keep the clock running. Johnny Crawford, longtime SEC official. All right, Johnny, last play, or I guess it wasn't the last play, but it was the most consequential play. It's a historic play in the Alabama-Auburn game. It's fourth and 31. I've got a couple of questions for you, but first of all, the DB and the wide receiver, there was a subtle, it wasn't real aggressive, I don't think, push-off from the uh, Bonds kid, who's a Georgia kid, Buford, Georgia kid, freed himself, caught that ball in the corner, touchdown, Alabama wins. Is that a good no-call? I think in that situation, that's really a good no-call. By the letter of the rule in the rule book, is that an offensive pass interference? It probably is. You look for separation. If the offensive player gets an extension of his arm and he gains separation, which that looks like what happened. But remember, I've always said, you know, there in the last moments of the game, you want to let them play. You know, that would just have to almost be a – a mauling by one of the if, – if one of the guys tackled the other guys and just prevented him from catching the ball, then that would probably be called. But that situation there and that moment, yeah, you're, you're going to just let them play, let that happen, and, and let them determine the outcome of the game. Johnny, through the years, all your years, how many situations that you were involved in came down to a last play like that? Maybe maybe a couple, two or three. I, I know it was uh, Ole Miss and maybe Arkansas one time. Uh, and I think it – I, I literally think it was Arkansas. They had a fourth and 20-something uh, at Ole Miss. And it, I think it's the year they might have gone to determine who went to the uh, championship game or right. even determine if Arkansas went. But they had a situation like that, and uh, th they made it on fourth down. It wasn't necessarily kind of the last play of the game, but it was just – almost in this situation where it was in the last uh, four or five plays. Uh, you know, we've, we've all, a lot of us have been in a situation where they throw the Hail Marys and, you know, eight out of ten times they don't work. But uh, that's kind of what I can think of off the top of my head. I, I can't think of any situation I've happened to be in where they've won the game on the last play of the game, other than it being an overtime game, where that, that's definitely a different situation, though. 
Okay, your job description being the headline judge, last play, or again, it wasn't exactly the last play, but the monumental play at the end there of the Alabama-Auburn game. It's fourth and 31. You're judging the line. Auburn had two defensive ends who I don't think were told to do anything but just kind of monitor the uh, quarterback, Milrow, and there's no way. I mean, they were going against a ton of offensive linemen, right? So there was no threat there. And then there was a guy in the middle, kind of a middle linebacker, just standing there spying Milrow. Milrow had all day to throw that football. And I'm not saying anything happened. Now, the right tackle looked like he held that one defensive end a little bit. I don't know how consequential that was. Johnny, what's that like from your perspective, judging that situation where it's pretty obvious what's going on? It's the same mindset you have, Bill. Uh, it, it's got to be a, almost a takedown for us to have a holding call in that situation. And, and you see they're, they really kind of like what you said. They weren't really trying to put a lot of pressure. If one of those Auburn defenders had kind of broken free of the Alabama offensive lineman and was kind of making some headway toward the backfield and they grabbed him or something, that probably would have been a holding call then. But, yeah. You know they had two blockers on each each defender, and they they really wasn't even uh, putting any type of pressure right. on the quarterback at all. And obviously, we all know that's the first mistake. I think I've even asked a couple of coaches in the past. You know, if that defense is so good, why don't you start the game out in it? I, I agree. I guess the other thing you're wondering about: not only are you judging the O line and the D line. But if Milrow takes off, you've got to make sure he's behind that line of scrimmage, right? That did not happen, but that's probably your other consideration. Def- definitely, because, you know, that same thing happened in that game. I think they had two of those calls in that in that one game. Right. Uh, but, yeah, you got to watch for that, especially on that last play. But here again, you, you're looking for the big stuff. You're looking for the fouls that happen at the point of attack, unless it's a safety foul, which you're going to call every safety foul. And, and then you just want the players to determine the outcome of the game just like it happened on that last play. Well, not the last play, but that particular pass. Another clip, and I did not send this to you. I'm just, I'm, I haven't seen it here the last day or two, but I saw it in real time. It's Alabama-Auburn game. Alabama player either gets blocked down or fell down, and then the Auburn player lays on him and stands over, over him and won't let him get up. Whether you saw that or not, John, and you might have, what is the call there? What do you do? Well, if you knock him down, you can kind of lay on him for a second or two, but then you got to move and let him get up, or, you know, they could call holding on that if you're holding him down. But then if you stand over him and uh, and maybe are mocking him or do anything unsportsmanlike, you can definitely get an unsportsmanlike foul. And, you know, you get two of those a game. If you get the second one, then you're uh, disqualified, ejected from the game. So, yeah, I don't know what that situation was, but it sounds like to me it wouldn't be a holding foul for holding him down if he got up. But if you're standing over him and, and, and taunting him or something, uh, you can certainly throw an unsportsmanlike foul on that. Johnny, I will send that to you here during the break, and you can take a look at it. It's it's nothing big, but it's it's a moment that people were asking me about. I think I've got one more here for you. Topwater Assassin, who is a big Clemson fan, says, I know that refs try and call it down the middle, but 
there were ACC refs at the Clemson-South Carolina game. And, again, he's a Clemson fan. He said it seems like Clemson got the benefit of the doubt on every call. Do you think the refs might lean a little bit to their conference? You know, I, I, I obviously don't think they do. I've been in those situations where uh, an SEC team has gone to an ACC venue and we've been the officials. You know, you're, you're just out there again. I know, I know this is being redundant, but you're just calling the game as you see it. You don't really care who wins that game. Uh, you, you know it's an SEC team versus an ACC team, but, yeah, you don't, you don't have anything at stake. You don't have a dog in the fight, so to speak. So you're just calling it and trying to be as fair and as, uh, and as uh, unbiased as you can. Johnny, I know I've asked you in the past, is the SEC championship game an all-star group of refs or a crew? Well, this year, from my understanding, it's kind of a, uh, an all-star, so to speak. Uh, some of the guys might be on the same crew, but, yeah, it's not a full crew. It's just a, it, it's comprised of different people from different crews. Appreciate it, Johnny. See you next week. All right. Thank you, Bill. Johnny Crawford. Five-run Grand Slam every time. That's all I can say. Griff in about 40 minutes. Yeah, Griff will be with us next hour. Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning. It continues to run very slow over here in Hermitage on 40 westbound. Trying to get past Central Pike behind it. All that traffic's being pushed in from Wilson County here into Davidson County on 40 westbound. Again, in Hermitage running very slow. Still heavy up through uh, the Hickory Hollow area on 24. They did move that wreck earlier on 24 westbound at Walden Road. That did aggravate that heavy flow of traffic coming in from uh, Rutherford County, Murfreesboro towards Nashville. Up through the Hickory Hollow area, give yourself extra time leaving Murfreesboro. Don't miss it this year near the holiday season. It's Enchanted Garden of Lights at Rock City in Chattanooga. Check them out at crockcity.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Are you ready for a touchdown of flavor and excitement? Look no further than Sam's Place and Sam's Sports Grill. The ultimate destination for great food, fantastic drinks, and game time atmosphere that will have you cheering for more. Sam's is the place for every sports fan and food lover with over 40 TVs at every location. Sam's has a family-friendly atmosphere where everyone can have a blast. From their friendly staff to awesome kids' menu, they've got something for everyone. Online at samsplace.net or samsportsgrill.com. Or call and find the nearest location to you. At Sam's, the game is always on and the fun never stops. Your brain is an amazing thing, but as you get older, it naturally begins to change, causing a lack of sharpness or even trouble with recall. Thankfully, the breakthrough in Prevagen helps your brain and actually improves memory. The secret is an ingredient originally discovered in jellyfish. Based on a clinical study of subgroups of individuals who are cognitively normal or mildly impaired, Prevagen has been shown to improve memory. A Pharmacy Times National Survey of Pharmacists rated Prevagen the number one pharmacist-recommended memory support brand for the fifth year in a row. You can find it in the vitamin aisle in stores everywhere without a prescription. Help your memory. Try Prevagen today. Prevagen. Healthier brain, better life. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Oh, oh, uh, open that one. It's from me. 
holiday instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Best gift ever! Wait, these tickets are already scratched. Yeah, it was me. I was just so excited. But look, we won! Tis the season for epic cash prizes. This year, give the most winning gift of all. Holiday instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Oh, what game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. The TSU Tigers men's basketball team of fifth-year coach Penny Collins are coming off a top-three OVC finish last season and looking for much more this season. Led by preseason all-conference guards Marcus Fitzgerald and Kenyon Hodges, the Tigers face an impressive non-conference schedule that includes Oregon, Lipscomb, Austin P, Indiana State, and Liberty and tip off a league play on December 28th at Gentry Center versus UT Martin. Hello, this is Greg Pogue inviting you to join longtime TSU broadcaster Albert Dawson on all of the games this season right here on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR. college football talk on the planet presented by the Omni Nashville Hotel The Bill King Show life lesson for our children if you get awesome at your job it doesn't matter how bad you screw up somebody's gonna hire you he says i can't be that good so i have to be nice to everybody and then a couple of laughing face emojis there it is true now, it might not be true in every case but it is true let's take a look at the nfl draft NFL teams have no problem taking somebody in the first round who have on video sat on top of a woman and pulverized her with both fists. But since dude is an absolute beast defensive lineman, doesn't matter, right? Well, they may say the right things, but it doesn't matter. I remember when the Titans picked Pac-Man Jones, and it seemed like every other week he was in some kind of trouble. And they went to the GM, and, well, this this wasn't Floyd Reese, and God rest his soul, but but this is a little later, whoever the next GM was. But I remember Floyd Reese was saying, we're going to protect ourselves with this contract. We're going to really be protected. No, they didn't. They gave him tens of millions of, I think they gave him $11 million guaranteed or something. And then the next GM that came in said, you got to understand this is a world-class athlete, meaning that matters, not all this other stuff. L dog and, Somebody puts this out every week, and it is interesting. Here's what next year's playoff format would look like. And again, it's probably going to get switched to five and seven, but right now it's a six and six format, meaning league champions slash at large. 
But here's what it would look like based on last night's rankings. Now, remember, the rankings don't tell you perfectly 1 through 12 because that does not take into account the six champions necessarily, league champions in what order. But here's what you would have. You would have Alabama-Iowa playing, and the winner gets Georgia. So that means Alabama would play Georgia again after beating Iowa. That's what you would have there. Eight, eight, nine feeds into number one, Alabama and Iowa. You would have Oregon and Tulane. Winner of that gets Florida State. Texas-Penn State, that would be the 7-10 game, feeds into Michigan. Buckeyes and Baby Kiff. How about that? Buckeyes and Ole Miss, winner of that, plays UW. Michigan, UW on the same side and Georgia-Florida State on the same side. So if the Shock wins out, and again, may or may not, Georgia would play Florida State, Michigan would play UW, and then they would match up. The winners, they would match up in the championship game. That is interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I think in that 8-9 game, Alabama obviously beats Iowa. They feed into Georgia. Oregon beats Tulane. They fit into Florida State. And then that that Ohio State-Ole Miss game, Jackson Dart. Those receivers, Quinchon Judkins, would that be enough? I don't know that I would pick Ole Miss to beat Ohio State, though. No, I wouldn't. And then that Texas-Penn State game, I would pick Texas. And then they would they would feed into Michigan. I think Texas would give Michigan some problems. I do. I do. Don't know. I haven't thought out who would win that game. Let's get a call here. Let's go back down to the Rocket City. John in Huntsville. Welcome in, sir. Bill, it's been a while. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm actually Michigan. I'm the truck driver, yeah. And uh, I haven't talked to you in a couple of years. And it's a pleasure to talk to you again and get to listen Absol- to you again. Absolutely. Yeah, Always good to mother. hear from you. Yeah. yeah, I lost my mother and I had some things come up. So <clears throat> I quit driving for a while. So I quit listening to you. But uh, – it's good to talk to you again, and uh, I'm I'm assuming your son's a dentist now, correct? He's finishing up year three. He's still got a couple of years. Then he's got to go. He's oh, gonna okay. Be, he's he's got to go up to Philadelphia yeah, and do his pediatric yeah. work too. But but yeah, he's getting close. He's getting oh, okay. close. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know you're very proud. You should be. Hey, yes, uh, I was going to ask you. I know uh, I'm probably boring your listeners, but today's the first day I've listened to you in a spell. What do you think Alabama's chances are against Georgia? Forty uh, percent. They've got a, they've got an absolute yeah, fighting yeah. chance. They're going to need a little benevolence yeah. from Georgia in this ball game, but they absolutely. I am impressed at where they are today versus where they were in that USF game. Very impressed. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, you know, and uh, to Jalen Milrow's uh, credit, <clears throat> I think he's found himself. I think he. He, he seems like now he knows when to run or when he, you know he keeps his eyes downfield like Bryce Young, and he knows when to throw. And uh, you know a lot of people say, well, you know they just barely beat Auburn. That's true, they did. But at the same time, two years ago they barely beat Auburn. Then went in and beat uh, a supposedly unbeatable Georgia team like a drum. So we'll find out. But Bill, it's a pleasure talking to you, and I'm glad to find you again. Yes, sir. 
appreciate that, John. Okay, bro. Sorry about your loss, dude. Sorry about that. So we'll take a break. Coming right back. Wednesday edition. Griff, about 20 minutes into hour number three. I'm the Nashville Hotel. Good morning. Still pretty heavy right now. Trying to get through Hermitage as we stare at it live. Just everybody getting there at the same time. 40 westbound, right at Central Pike. All the traffic trying to get in behind it from Wilson County. It's still uh, loaded up pretty good on 24 westbound up through the Hickory Hollow areas. That traffic continues to build in from Rutherford County towards uh, Nashville. It's still a little bit slow. It looks like they are on 65 southbound in Millersville as you come through that section of Sumner County. Princess Hot Chicken is hiring at all four locations. You can order online today. It's easy. Just log on to princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Do you ever feel like gambling is causing financial strain or hurting your relationships? The Gambling Clinic has been helping people who want to change their gambling habits for over two decades. With physical clinics and remote online appointments, we're here to help you make informed decisions about your gambling so it doesn't lead to a bigger problem. Visit us at thegamblingclinic.com so we can work together to help you win your life back. This project is funded by the Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services. When you've experienced the loss of a loved one, you can trust SAG Funeral Home to guide you through the process of honoring their life. At SAG Funeral Home, they pride themselves in serving families in Nashville and surrounding areas with dignity, respect, and compassion. The staff is experienced in a variety of funeral services and can help you celebrate your loved one, no matter your religion, culture, or budget. Family and veteran-owned funeral home and cremations now are handled all in one location. We'll help create a personalized experience to pay tribute to your loved one's unique life. Ask about the pre-planning service as well. SAG Funeral Home, serving Nashville and Miller, Tennessee for over 40 years. In your time of need, you need someone you can trust, who can provide comfort to your family in a very professional way. SAG Funeral Home, 1503 Buchanan Street. Call today, 615-244-5044. 615-244-5044. SAG Funeral Home, for comfort and care in your time of need. SAG Funeral Home, proud sponsor of TSU Football on WNSR. Trusted for creative design and committed to both the function and aesthetics of your smile, Jody Jones Dentistry for 26 years has provided a wide range of general and cosmetic dentistry services along Nashville's Music Row and coming soon to Hermitage and Murfreesboro. The Nashville leader for cosmetic dentistry provides a unique luxury environment for patients who want his famous Hollywood smile. Just ask the country music stars, actors, athletes. Yeah, he was eight years the dentist for the Predators to display his celebrity smile. To learn more, visit JodyJonesDDS.com or call 615-259-5100. Jim Rome is here weekdays 11 to 2 on Nashville Sports Radio, WNSR. The SEC is for closers, and there's only one way to survive in the SEC, ABC. A always, B, B, C, closing, always be closing. A, B, C, A always, B, B, C, closing, always be closing. Jim Rome, 11 to 2 on Nashville's original sports radio, WNSR. 
Bill King doesn't need a countdown clock because he already knows when football season starts. Bill King Show, brought to you by the palatial, lovely Omni Nashville Hotel. Oh, Eldog points out that 8-9 game actually is Bama, Missouri, if we had the 12-teamer. I looked at that, and I thought I saw a Hawkeye there instead of a Tiger. Yeah, I got a little confused. Didn't didn't stare at it long enough. Trey Dog is a big Georgia fan. I've known Trey for many years. Did an internship with us back many years ago. Hopefully, Bill... With the 12-teamer, the committee will actually rank the best teams in order, like Florida State is better than Bama or Iowa is better than Ohio State, Bill. Round man down in Orlando. Bill, do you like UW plus 10? Can you get it at 10? I looked this morning. Now, that was – which app was it? I believe it was BetMGM. And I think it was at 9.5. But, yeah, that's why Brad always says shop. If I had to go plus 10 and you said, Bill, I'm going to make you bet it, you do not have a choice, Bill. You have to bet it. I would take the plus 10. I, I think Oregon's going to win the game. But you're getting into 10 points there. I I probably would. I, I don't think that thing's a blowout either way. Now, round man, am I in love with it? No, not necessarily, but if you said you got to go one way or the other, you got to take that 10, plus or minus, I would take the plus 10. Yeah, I would. Topwater Assassin. Bill, speaking of being a jerk and staying employed, Stern, meaning Howard Stern, used to dog cuss his bosses on air. You ever try that? Nah, that... You got to remember that that's part of his shtick, too. That's part of the whole entertaining. Now, I'm sure when he was saying this stuff, he probably meant it, but that's that's part of his shtick, part of his, you could call it charm. I, I, I used to watch, when they used to replay on, which channel was it? At 10 o'clock at night, 15, 20 years ago, they would replay an hour of his show on, I don't know if it was the Comedy Network or which one it was, I would watch those and just giggle. They were so good. This last 10, 15 years, he's just an old, mad curmudgeon. Scared to go out because of germs and stuff. I just, I I can't relate to the guy. But I do admit, there for a stretch, when they would put that hour on TV and they would have all those different, gimmicks and skits they would do. I, I thought that was some of the funniest stuff ever. But he's just an old mad scared of a virus. How about how about bleep your freedom and all that stuff? I can't I can't play that. Yeah, I can't I can't play that. I can't uh can't endorse that. Yeah, I can't endorse that. Sammy, this is a good one. Sammy down in Hatton, Alabama, he's a big Alabama fan, but he said, Bill, do you think Matt Rule is going to be able to fix that Nebraska program, or is it beyond repair? Bill, is it in disrepair, not repairable? I know it sounds like we've said this a few times in the past, 
with various hires. Frosty was the most recent until now. If this guy can't fix it, it ain't getting fixed, Bill. I know I felt that way. I do think that, and and this year looked promising. It didn't end up that way. Got to remember, Frosty had a year a couple of seasons ago where all those losses were close, and you know what? We'll get that turned around. It can't always be that way, and it never got fixed. I do think Matt Rule's resume suggests that he's the guy to turn that around. He's done it at more difficult places historically, but it does worry me about the brick bread. Yes, it, it does concern me, but he's a really good football guy. And culturally, I think he's the right fit. They've been missing culturally with almost every hire, meaning style of play, toughness, all of those things. And that's what I never could understand about Frosty. When they hired him, I had hopes because of the job he did at UCF. But if you'll recall, my one concern is even though he played for Dr. Tom and was a very tough guy player, that's not his style. And that has to be Nebraska's style. And he got there, and that's not what they did. That's what I never understood. I never understood that disconnect with Frosty. That's what you're from, dude. Now, I know he was an assistant at Oregon. He learned all that at Oregon. But Nebraska is very style-dependent. It has to be, and nobody seems to get that. I don't know what's so difficult about being at Nebraska and not understanding the style that you must adhere to. It's not like you're Alabama, and you can do whatever you want. Florida is a job, even though they're not really any good right now. Florida's a place where you can do any style you want. You can run the wishbone there if you want it. If you get the right dudes. Georgia, you don't have to do things the way Rick does to win, to, to, to the way of Margaret. The way Kirby Smart does. What happened there? Did I just put Mark Rick back? Georgia fans just fainted. Kirby Smart could decide we're going to run the Chuck and Duck next year. Now, he's not going to do that. Still win. Nebraska is dependent on style. Specific style. Tom Osborne type style. Wisconsin. All right, we'll get the break. Yeah, you didn't just hear it. I just rehired Mark Richt for Athens. I'm not sure who gave me the power to do that, but I just did it right here on the show. 